For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Yeah, that was the very first, very first site I'd ever, ever gone into. I remember, uh, yeah, because I remember Rich, you had the story that I recall. You reached out to Rich just randomly, I thought, or, yeah. or, or something like that. And then, yeah, you were on the, like, you know, and then as a superintendent of form. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this kid? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, Rich yep. took me out yep. when and, you guys were still on Lafayette. Yep. And then, yeah, you were there the whole, the, the rest of the time. Yeah. 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 It was, we'll, we'll get to that, but I, I basically start off with, um, how you got started in the construction industry. So where did you begin? Where are you from? I'm from Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Yeah. Southeastern Wisconsin. Um, I grew up there. I guess I got in my grand, my grandparents had a small little hobby farm. So I got running tractors and stuff probably at 10, you know, mm. real early age. Um, but I got exposed to that. Of course, you know, as any kid like that, loved equipment, loved backhoes, loved yeah. excavators and stuff like that. Yeah. So that, I got my exposure for that. Um, my grandpa was a, a we lived in Chicago. He had a, him and his brother had a hydraulics uh, company, hydraulics valves company. So he was familiar with equipment, stuff like that. And he always said, you know, hey, if you make it into the local 150, which mm -hmm. is the local yeah. out there, yeah. I, you know, like, all right, you know, as a kid, you don't, I, you don't even know what you're absorbing. Right. So that got my first thing into it. Ended up then through high school, I got, again, my grandpa had a hobby farm. So I went to and actually worked on a bigger dairy farm. Bigger tractors, bigger stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they had a bunch of, they had some kids. One had a concrete outfit. So after the, after high school, I went and worked for the concrete outfit. And then he, he had, uh, he had bought an old gravel pit and mm -hmm. he had an old Liebier excavator and some dump trucks. So in the wintertime, we would dig ponds. So then I, that's how I got kind of exposed to it. So it was pretty, I mean, that was basically, did you ever think about? going anywhere else or that was the path for you no i thought it, it was the path for me yeah. um i liked uh I, again i like heavy equipment i like being outside i like doing that work mm -hmm. um i thought i wanted to i wanted to be a crane operator when i was younger or not when i was i guess in my late 20s um I actually went to a crane class at local 150 yeah. seven day class loved it i used i treated it as a um I don't know, one of those getaway things, yeah. you know, so, uh, but no, I, I, I don't know if I, I kind of had a knack, I think, you know, I don't want to sound arrogant or anything like that, but you know, I hand coordination, I was pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then from 
from there, I, you know, I got a job at a, at a local underground place, uh, Powers Lake Construction out of Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Um, you know, that's where I, I got started. There was a pipe layer mm-hmm. and then worked my way up into the seat. So when did you get into the seat of a machine? How like what? You? How old was I? Yeah. Um, like I said, we were digging ponds and stuff. I was probably 23. Huh. And then I got digging as they used to call, you know, do a mainline digger probably at 25. Gotcha. 25 or 26. Digging ponds in the winter, how does that work? Because doesn't everything freeze up? It does. Um, got a shovel tracks. Yeah. But, you know, you're not out there. It's not like brutally cold. You're out there. Um, you know, it might get down to 20, 25, but you're in the water. So you're bailing the water out, putting in the dump trucks. So they go dump. Mm-hmm. And you work when you can. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not like, and it's side work. It's, you know, you're, it was a concrete outfit. So concrete was the main thing during the summer, flat work, not any, any walls or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just worked when you can and kind of played around. Were you part in the union then? No. So that was, you were in non union area? Yeah, that was, yeah, that's so still in Wisconsin. Uh, that was prior to Powers. So I went from there, then I went to Powers Lake Construction. Yeah. They were, uh, again, a, a mom and pop type underground outfit out of Twin Lakes. Um, started as a pipe layer. Then I got my chance, I more or less forced my chance into, or forced my way into the seat. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I worked there for, I don't know, probably five years or so. How did you get into the seat? Um, they were taking lunch one day and uh, I decided to go dig a stick of pipe and set it by myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you should have seen the whole operator run across the field when he saw me in his machine. But that opened the door. Uh, hey, the kid can do it, right? Because yeah. I dug it. Got out, slung the pipe, put the pipe in all by myself. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, so that opened that opened up the door for me to 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 get you know a seat seat time. Uh huh. Um, and they were a great outfit. You know, if we and we did everything, we had scrapers. So if you weren't digging, main, you know, we would go in and do the whole package. So you're getting there first with clearing the site, mm-hmm. doing some dirt work. So you run a scraper, dozer, whatever. And then when the pipeline came in, then I was you know I would dig the pipe. And then come back, and if you you know if we didn't have another pipe job to go do, we would, um, you know, start grading for roads behind curbs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you had to you're like a real general all around operator. So you got to yeah, that's that's a good place to be yeah. when you're starting out because you get a lot of different skill sets. Absolutely, you know, you can't just be a one trick pony. Yeah. You, gotta, you know, it, it helps, and it helps to be able to understand what everybody else has to do too. Hmm. So from there, where did you go? So from there, then I had an opportunity to go join the union. Um, I went to Thieland Sand and Gravel. They were out of Antioch. So they, they had the ability to get me on permit for local 150. Mm -hmm. So then that started that, that path. Oh, so you're in 150. I was, um, I left, I discharged out of that when I moved to Arizona 15 years ago. Yeah. 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 yeah, Cause Arizona, there's not much for you. No, it's a right to work state and, uh, (laughs) the union's not strong out here or out, out in Arizona. So. That's where I tell people when they ask how to get started, I'm like, well, it depends where you're at. If you're in Chicago, you go through 150. But if you're in Arizona, I don't know, call somebody. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, I am a pro-union guy as far as I don't, well, I don't have a lot of experience with other unions, but I know local 150, uh, their apprenticeship program mm-hmm. and stuff was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go through it, but I did go to that crane class there, uh, their training facility, uh, Right when I left, they were building it. It's all inside now. They've mm-hmm. got a, you know, it's like a, a dome, I yeah. guess my understanding is. 
but they always treated me very well. So you got to bypass the apprenticeship because of your experience? Correct. Yeah. They put uh -huh. me on, um, like I said, it was permit. I had a one year permit. Okay. And then after the permit, then they used to call it, then you get your hard card. Gotcha. Right. And then you can go to the meetings and, and vote and yeah. do all that. So. One one fifty is among the best unions in the country. Yeah. They're, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Every time I go to the Chicago area and see operators out there that are within 150, I'm always impressed. Yeah. I'm like, these guys, they know what the hell's going on. They do, you know, um, and like I said, I don't have uh, familiarity with a lot of other ones, but I know they're like their training programs and they had that this, uh, testing or approving, not approving grounds, but you could go. And if you're 150, you could go there and you can hop on any piece of equipment. If you wanted to uh, improve your skill level, mm -hmm. you can go do that mm -hmm. without any charge. Really? And it, yeah, I mean- like I said, I took a crane class there. It was a seven-day crane class. Um, I was out of, so it was, it was down in countryside, I think it was. Well, I was out of District 3, which was up towards the border. And they would actually offer to pay my room while I was in the class. Hmm. I didn't need it, but they offered that. Hmm. And the class was awesome. But I, I, I remember it, uh, like not like it was yesterday, but I had a great time. It was seven days. Uh, half the day was hands-on and then half-day classroom. And they had yeah, on everything from... An old friction Bucyrus Erie to the high, you know, 20 ton hydro and, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. And a bunch of old timers teaching you. So they're yelling and screaming at you that, you know, they're belittling it, but yeah. that's the way it does. You know, that's the way you learn. <laughs> it's like, you know, it was a good time. I really liked it. How come you didn't go the crane direction? You know, it's funny. My wife was just asking me that the other day. Um, at that point I was already more or less established with the underground and the dirt. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't. I was comfortable where I was. I, I liked what I was doing. Um, in hindsight, maybe I should, I, I would have liked to maybe, but it just, the timing wasn't right. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I liked it again. I hand coordination sitting in the seat, you know, swinging those big rigs around. I, anyway, I'm still, you know, I'm going to be 55 next year and I'm still the guy that has to rubber neck it as when I see a crane on the side <laughs> of the road, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. That's what I do, but for earth moving equipment. Right. Well, I do it for all, but cranes yeah, yeah. really grab my attention. It's uh -huh. like, ooh, look at that rig, you know. Yeah. Have you seen that that big crane up in uh at the TSMC? I I've driven past it. Like off the interstate mm -hmm. there? Yeah. It's hard to miss. Right. That's a monster. They have so many cranes up on that yeah. facility. And then the, uh Intel, right? Intel. Intel too. Intel's got some big one up yeah. there too that actually I saw a, a write up on it because it was there for the longest time and it wasn't moving. It was uh. hanging the flag. I'm like, that's a pretty expensive flagpole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, uh, they, there was some write-up I, I saw through, you know, like kind of just going through the news and stuff. And uh, it was there to set some special girders or some special, you know, it was like a three-lift thing or something like that. But the thing was that giant. It's wild. Yeah. The big, the big crane world is, that's a whole different category. Yeah. So you were, uh, you were, you were around the Midwest for a while then. Yes. Um, like I said, I, uh, from, so. From Thielen, Sand and Gravel, I was there for probably five years. And then I went, uh, had the opportunity to go to work at Burger Excavating mm -hmm. um, with Julie and Dale. And I was there for probably four or five. And maybe my time frames are off, but I, I, I was at Burger when I moved to Arizona. Mm -hmm. So, and Burger, again, I would probably still be at Burger if I was still in the Midwest. Sure. So I yeah. really liked it. They yeah. did, you know, great job. Underground, dirt, everything. Uh, you know, great one. I, I always can, they were always very good to me. Did you do a little bit of everything while you were there or focus on underground? I actually, so I got out of the underground. I became more of a specialty kind of superintendent for them. So I did box, I did, uh, 
big foundations at hospitals. I did, and we mm. did everything, parking lots. So I would go in and I would do it all. I'd do the underground. I'd do the dirt work, uh, dig for, you know, the concrete guys, um, storm trap systems, stuff like that. I was not really, I start, when I first started with them, I did. I was, I came in as an operator for them, uh, did sewer and water, did some directional boring for them. I sat on a directional bore rig for a mm. little bit. And then, uh, again, somehow, I got into uh, into the specialty stuff. And I guess I call it specialty because it really, I did a little bit of everything. I would just run the project and then my crews would come in and, and I would have the same guys do it all. Hey, huh. we're going to, we're, you know, we're, we're going to rip, we're going to demo this this week and we're going to put the storm drain in. Then we've got to go over here and dig the foundation and backfill and do all that. So what, at what point did you become, did you transition to leadership? Cause you came in as operator, you said you're super. Yeah. Um, well, I was an operating, so I guess somewhere at Burger, uh, somewhere in that time, I don't recall exactly when that happened, when they actually took me out of a tool truck and put me in a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might have been about, you know, a year after I was there. Is that something that, did you have to ask for it or did no, they ask you? No, I've never asked. I, I've never asked for it. Yeah. <laughs> they just, yeah, it just, it, hey, we got, you got your new truck out there. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll go do it. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So, and I got Pat McCormick was the, um, the general superintendent there at the time I got along with him. And I, you know, like I said, I, I, I've been on a couple dirt jobs, uh, and like, why are you doing it that way? You know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're the only one that's ever asked that. So yeah. yeah, I don't know if that helped or you know, whatever, but that, you know, next thing you know, I'm, yeah, I'm doing the specialty stuff. I'll call it specialty stuff, but sure. kind of a, again, not being a one trick pony, just wanted to do whatever I could do. How did you end up going to Arizona? Arizona. Um, that's kind of a funny story too. Uh, so Julie Berger at Berger, mm-hmm. she was going to, uh, Dale was kind of taking away or going to step away from running it. Right. So she was taking it over or going to be a more presence in leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she passed out this book, small little book, Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know if you ever read yeah, it. Have yeah. you read it? Uh-huh. Okay. Read it. Um, and at that time, it's like, okay, you know, that makes sense, kind of moving around. And that, my wife had family in Phoenix also. So she, she had already been there. I'd been there a couple of times, but I just dismissed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think too much of it. Um, but then I read this book. It's like, well, you know, give it a chance. And that the internet was relatively new, I guess, at the time where I wasn't that familiar with it, being in the Midwest here in Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, sent out some resumes. Nothing ever happened, you know. Um, and we were going to just, I was, I told her, Hey, made an effort. It's not going to, it did it's not meant to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Didn't work out. I get home one day and she goes, Hey, I got one more for you to try. Please just try it. And I'm like, fine. And I already had an, I had an attitude by then about it. So I, I, uh, I call him up today, you know, looking to move out to Arizona. I'm looking to get a job. I'm going to, you know, fax you my resume. I said, you can call me back if you want, if not, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. At that time, I had to go fax it. I had to run the library fax it. By the time I got home, my phone was ringing. Hey, if we fly out here for an interview, would you be interested? I'm like, well, sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, why not? You know, uh, we had family out here. So it's like, I'll make a weekend out of it. Uh-huh. Um, came out, flew out here, interviewed with them. They said, you know, hey, when can you move out? Hmm. And, you know, the, the money was, at that time, was relatively, that was in 2006. Money was relatively close. So, you know, my wife was like, 
you know, wanted to move out there anyway. My kids were young. Um, I think they were seven and four or something oh, like that. Yeah, so, you know, young. it was a time to move. Yeah. So we, yeah, we packed up and moved out to Arizona. No kidding. Yeah. How was that? How was that transition? Because underground work in the Midwest is a lot different than yes. underground work in Arizona. It is. It's that. So the one good thing, I guess, the one thing that helped me with the transition is a company I moved out to work with, Arizona State Utility. They were um, from Minnesota. Mm. So they had already had that. They had those processes, the, the not opening up all the trench, you know, dig lay backfill, kind of keeping things tight. Mm -hmm. um, they had that already kind of, they had that in their head. So yeah. I didn't have to relearn that, but, yeah. or relearn that, the way they do it. It was a slower transition to be able to get sure. into that mode of how they do it in the in, in Arizona. I hope they left their sand cans at home though. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those damn buckets. Right. They don't yeah. do, mu do much good in Arizona. No, they don't. Yeah. So um, that helped me because, yeah, this, I'm like, why are they doing stuff this way? You know, uh -huh. and it's like, but it is, there is quite a, a culture shock between, you know, Midwest, East Coast, West Coast, North, South, Southwest. Because I started out in Arizona on pipe and you, you think that's just how it's done. And then mm -hmm. you start seeing all over, like there's, there's a company that does pipe in Florida and they'll have to send a guy with a scuba scuba setup right to do some work on 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 some of the pipe work they do because the water table is that high and they just can't pump it out fast yeah, you can't pump it up you're like enough. what in the hell yeah and then other places you're digging like here in tennessee it's just straight rock so you're blasting for all your pipe here right just you know two holes all the way down mm -hmm. shoot it dig it all out hammer it all out yeah and then put it up but but arizona arizona you have rock but it's a pretty good deal from a pipeline standpoint pretty good deal I I just it's it's typically good material. Yeah, it's, it's, typically it's hit or miss. Dry. Yeah, you can grind it. Like I said, uh, you know, we were talking before we had that one job. We were grinding. We've had I think at where I'm working now at Aiken, uh, the last year and a half or two years, we've had jobs where we're grinding all the time. Yes. And up until then, we hadn't ground anything the whole time I was sure. there. And it's you know it's well you're close to the mountain you're going to be grinding. Mm -hmm. You know otherwise or you're in this they call it potato dirt clay dirt whatever you want to do yeah. it so. Easy digging. Um, so how did you navigate your your jobs, your career out in Arizona? When did you end up at Pearson? Pearson. Um, I was probably in Arizona for six years. Uh, the company I had moved out there to work for, um, you know, they made it through the, the hard times and stuff. And then, again, it was a, a, a father-son operation. They just weren't going to pay me an outside, you know, a non-family member to continue working for them. They just couldn't afford it mm -hmm. anymore. Um, so somehow. So it was a small company. It was a small company. Yeah. One or two crews. It was small. Okay. Um, Pearson, I want to say, you got to think about that. I reached out. I can't remember. I must have put in a resume or something. And then Kevin Blair was the superintendent mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. And, uh, he had called me up and just say, you ready to start? I'm like, and that's when they were going to start that, that Lafayette job hmm. that we were talking about that probably nobody knows about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's when I got, I just came into there and I start, actually I started there. I was a foreman there when mm -hmm. I started. So. So you go from the, the smaller operation, one to two crews to that job, mm -hmm. which that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a big, big job. We had probably, you know, four crews on that one job. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but still, it's still the same. You're still putting pipe and you're still, uh, you know, coordinating and navigating stuff. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter to me. So that was, and that's where I met you 
was that job. But that, that was for Arizona. That was pretty unique. I mean, it was like over a hundred inch. Hundred eight. Hundred eight is what we started out. Hundred eight inch. Hundred eight storm inch drain. Concrete. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty unique. That's big. That's big pipe. That's, that's big pipe. Yeah. That's big pipe for you know. We were, we were working for uh, flood uh, Maricopa County flood control. Yeah. Um, cause that area was flooding all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what took, yeah, that's, that was some big pipe and we started out deep. We were 30 foot deep. It was really started. deep too. Yeah. I remember. Yep. Yeah. 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 So there was a, a 385 out there mm-hmm. just to handle the pipe. Correct. And, and dig that deep. You yeah. had to have a big machine, but it yeah. was a pretty tight area. Yes. Well, we were down residential streets. Yeah. Like, a, you know, yeah, we were a freight train going through there, you know, and, uh, you know, we kept it, kept it tight and kept it clean. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a. Big job, big tight job. It was a good job. I liked that job. How long? Did you, what was that? Like a year and a half, two years? I thought we were. No, I thought we were there probably a about a year. A year. Yeah, yeah. I think any more, any more than that, everybody would have had to come out and pitchfork. Yeah, pitchforks. And yeah, torches. And I don't know what you know what they. Uh, I know when we left it, there was. Uh, you know, we left it for future. I don't, th- you know, future stub outs at a couple of different streets, and I don't know if anybody's ever taken off from there or not. I don't think so. Yeah. It was funny, the parallels to that, to the Aiken job that was going through that neighborhood mm-hmm. and that 395 yeah. sitting, I, I went up uh, last Thanksgiving, I walked up there to go see if the big machine was still there Yeah, and it was still there in someone's front yard, essentially. Right. And I'm like, they're probably not stoked about this, but I'd be thrilled. Yeah. This could not be a better yard ornament. Right. You know, the um, we had heard horror stories about how the neighbors thought, but the crews, you know, talk with the superintendent that ran that crew, the crews that ran that job. You know, they were they were great. We had yeah. a couple a couple that were, uh, you know, kind of pissed off about it, but I understood. But everybody else, I mean, they bring, you know, brownies or cookies out. That's and, nice. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, but taking that 395 down through that, uh, we actually we had to take the tracks and suck them into transport, uh, the transport mode. So we weren't running on the curb. No kidding. Yeah. Really? Yep. That was the only way we can get it down through the road. No way. Yep. Wow. So the operator, he was a little skittish because, you know, it throws your balance uh-huh. off. But, oh, yeah. Um, you know, otherwise we would have been ripping all the curb out and everything. Wow. So, yep. Oh, that's that's funny. Yeah. That, that was a narrow. There was not much room no, on that street. No, it's a, it's a residential street. It's a two lane, 24 foot wide street. And we're going down pretty much, you know, off to one side. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was tight. Yeah. Body utilities. Well, 66 inch pipe. 66 inch welded steel pipe. Yeah. yeah. Big water. Hole. Yeah. So you're not looking at being able to dig lay back, fill and keep it tight because you got welder, you got to weld the inside, weld mm-hmm. the outside, test it, wrap it. Mm-hmm. Slurry. Yeah. It was slurry yeah. up to what? I mean, all the way up. I think it, yes. I want to say it was slurry all the way up. That's crazy. Yep. Because they were saying it was something about, you know, terrorism or something like that. Well, they they were weird about my pictures. Yeah. Well, they're they're weird about any. They're, I think the uh, municipalities and they're weird about all that stuff. Knowing where the critical infrastructure is. Cause, yeah, because it's yeah. critical infrastructure. Right. Yeah. yeah. They just don't want anybody to have that information on uh-huh. <laughs> what's out there and how it's being put in. And sure, you know, because yeah, it's a sixty-six inch line that could do, you know, you can do some damage. Well, it's gonna feed the whole north half of Phoenix. I mean, yeah. half of Phoenix yep. on one line. Yep. That's yeah. that's wild. That's yeah. It's crazy. Um. So the the Arcadia job, but it was it was drainage. I feel like those people were less stoked because it was it's a uh, wealthier part of town. Correct. So these are bigger houses. Mm-hmm. These people get their way, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um. And then I came out there. Uh. Yeah. Came out there with Rich, mm-hmm. and then bothered Rich. Yep. 
because I was 17 when I came out there. And he said, I can't hire you right now, legally Mm -hmm. speaking. You have to be 18. So then after I turned 18, I'm like, can I have a job? Right. And then I graduated high school at Mm -hmm. Arcadia, two blocks from the job or whatever it was. Yeah. And then went to work by the time you guys were starting to wind down. It was it was getting because you were already on damn you were at the bank. Were we damn nearby Forty Fourth Street? Okay, we were crossing Camelback. We were crossing nearby the. Okay, I I can't remember exactly when you came in the when you came in, but you were there towards the end or right at the end. Yeah, we walked the pipe. Yeah, yeah, but it was I, I that was my very first construction job. I remember I met you. Uh, it was in it was at the yard. Mm-hmm. in arcadia yeah there was that empty lot yeah. that you guys had set up a yard on mm-hmm. um and and that was my f- my like very first time in construction yeah no no experience right whatsoever. oh i recall i recall it i'm like yeah like, yeah 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 i mean <laughs> yeah. i was i was worthless yeah i'm like what are we doing here <laughs> but and, yeah you, you were the foreman and then it was uh i think chico and juan chico and juan yeah and uh Kevin Blair was the superintendent, yep. and then I can't remember who the there was the guy in the loader with the uh, cowboy hard hat. Yeah, Shroom. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, he works at Aiken Gardner. No, no kidding. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then the Marcus the, is his real name, but everybody calls him Shroom. Yeah, yeah. He, but he would just tear around. <laughs> yep. And then uh, there was the hoe operator. I forget his name. But I forget his name too now. He came was, in on the Harley or his motorcycle every morning yeah. with the radio blast. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he can't be doing that. Yeah. But he did. Glenn, uh, Glenn Coleman was the superintendent. Yeah, 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 Glenn Coleman. Yep. Man, I haven't thought about this in a while. Yeah, me neither. But I it mean, was, uh, well, and you, yeah, you didn't even know, you didn't even connect the dots. Not until, until we just met until him we, uh, <laughs> 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, it, it was crazy because I was, I was learning how pipe goes in the ground, which yeah. I thought was fascinating. And I was the guy up top just trying to be useful. Right. And not get myself killed. Mm-hmm. And then you had the complexity of the traffic. Yeah. And because we'd, we'd, uh, we'd push the lane out and mm-hmm. then suck it back in every day. Right. Uh, and, and I'd have, you know, my friends driving by Yeah, as I was working out there and it's middle of summer, Phoenix, you mm-hmm. know, my friend's mom's thinking I'm completely insane. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause that's the neighborhood I right, yeah. lived in. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But, but I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, re- yeah, that was, uh, that was nuts. We were, yeah, we were, that was a big big pipe going in deep in a tight area mm-hmm. and like you said yeah the traffic and we were talking before about you know people just not understanding how to go around the block and it's like you know, no. what are you doing get out of here and it was a constant fight yeah, yeah there and was a good ground hard that was ground <clears throat> that ground was hard too. it was hard too yeah yeah because you're kind of by the mountain at that point yeah yeah i i remember there was a, a car like you know you guys said you know these people they just go through here like they're and you think Oh, people are more careful in construction zones. Mm-hmm. But then you go out there and watch people drive by all day. Yeah. And there was a like a minivan or something drove by and lost their mirror. So mm-hmm. wax their mirror on traffic control. The mirror pops off, so laying in the middle of the road. Then and I remember it's like, go, go get it. Like someone's gonna run it over. And you're, I'm trying to go out there and get it. <laughs> and then someone just comes right by and blows it to a million pieces. Right. And yeah. you're just like, what the hell's going on out yeah. here? Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And it's still that way. People just don't don't respect the construction zones and how how dangerous it is. And no. you know, it's always a topic of our our daily toolbox talks and stuff like that. It's especially when you know, when you're in the roadway, it's like gotta watch out. You gotta just always be aware. Your head's gotta be on a swivel. Oh, it's probably the most dangerous part about working. I would think so. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Aiken, like the work you guys do, you're in the road a lot. We, that's all, basically all we do. We're yeah. in the road. Yeah. So. 
Because you have to, you know, if you're replacing a water line, you can't shut the whole road down. No, no, they they, they really, they really don't like doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we, we do have to push it sometimes, uh, but yeah, it's a fight. Yeah. So you, I wrapped up that job. You, you made a comment about how we walked, we had to walk the entire thing. Mm -hmm. What was it? Uh, had to be three miles, I think. It was a ways. Yeah. 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 It was a ways. So go down there essentially with a flashlight. Yep, we had to do a, 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 a pre-turnover walk. I remember you were pretty excited about it, yeah. right? You wanted to go down to the pipe. I go down to the pipe. Yeah. I can get you a chance. You know, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, so we started out on the forty-eight, and then up to, and ended up in the hundred and eight. But I remember the story. You know, I had axe handles. Gave you an axe handle. What's this for? I said, you never know what's down there. So take your axe handle. And sure enough, like you know, black widows, scorpions, and yeah. you know, and that big pipe. I mean. Uh, you get homeless people down there living in there too. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, you could it's, live down there. No problem. Yeah. So, and you never know, you know, but yeah. So we had to walk the whole thing, um, you know, looking at joints and just making sure everything good. You know, they do kind of a flow test. You dump some water down there and make sure you're not, nothing's puddling up too mm-hmm. bad. And, um, yeah, that was cool. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. You put water in at one end. Yeah. Like with a water truck. Or- yeah. We flooded it for a certain amount of time. I can't remember exactly yeah. how, but you know, they always look for, you know, we want to look for divots and start puddles and stuff and they'll measure it and if it's in with intolerance and but it's like what are you going to do if it's not yeah you know yeah you're 30 was... feet deep we're paved over oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm not going to go jack it back up so <laughs> no but luckily we didn't have any so it was all good i think we yeah. got a i think we i recall i think we got a an a minus rating from flood control when they when they walked it a minus. Yeah. That's, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. That's, so, that's real good. Yeah. It's a better grade than I've gotten for the most part. Me too. <laughs> um, and then I went down. There was another job. It was, uh, I think it was a sewer line down like Sun Sun Lakes for a few weeks before I had to go to start college. Okay. I don't recall that one. Was that, that wasn't with me then? I don't think that was no. with you. No, that was with another crew. Because I remember I left there. I left that Pearson. I left the Lafayette job at that time and then i ended up going up to uh the air force base oh yeah and doing we did valve replacements and stuff at up at uh what's the air force base uh, um, i don't know yeah I, I i know what you're talking about yeah but so uh but that at that point so i go i go to college you know i'm out of there mm-hmm. off to engineering school yep. um and then i go to markham after that but pearson was winding down yes. essentially yep that was Pearson the last was big a, job. Yes, correct. Yep. Pearson, when I left Pearson um, to go on my way to Aiken, that was it. He was, I was one of the, I want to say I was the last one, but I was one of the last groups of guys that left that mm-hmm. was done. He was, then he was done. And that is kind of the, I don't know, it's going to start happening more and more in the industry because you get, you know, you have Rich Pearson. Mm-hmm. He just gets to a certain age. You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this anymore right. he, he doesn't this. have any i don't think i think he had a daughter i think right? he had a daughter but, but no interest in the no company. Inter- absolutely no interest in it so yeah. there's there's no succession plan there correct yeah and you either sell mm-hmm. like you know like an aiken mm-hmm. or you basically just liquidate everything right which is the route he went yeah yeah which he did yeah, yeah. and you know and to his credit he gave us all plenty of, i think he gave us like six or eight months yeah notice. I, I remember that you know he was it yeah. wasn't like you showed up which you hear these stories of people and the doors are locked. Like, hey, you know, the, cra- the gas card doesn't work anymore. And, you know, but he, he, you know, I think he gave us like eight months and said, hey, uh-huh. you know, after these couple jobs, that's it. I'm done. It's like, okay. You know, 
Well, because didn't didn't he wind down before that he and did, then started yes. back up? Yeah, I, I yeah, that was the story. So he wound down, and then uh, I think some people left there and left there, and then went to Aiken Gardner, mm-hmm. and then he, I thought the kind of the story was he fired back up for this Lafayette job, and mm-hmm. he was going to make another kind of one more hurrah, you know. And I don't, you know, he made it was a profitable job. I don't know if the success of that job swayed him, was going to sway him one or one way or the other, or he was just looking to get that one done mm-hmm. and be done with it. I don't know. I didn't, you know, I never talked to him to that extent on it. So you uh, follow and, and go with a lot of people over to Aiken Gardner. Yeah. One. Yep. It, yep. I didn't go right away. I did talk to Rich, uh, Rich at the end. And he said, hey, I, you know, I reached out to um, Mike Jawicki at, at Aiken Gardner, but I'm no you know, about you when it, when a spot opens up, you know, reach out to him, kind of keep in contact. And, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've given you a good recommendation to mm-hmm. him. Um, so that's, so I went and worked uh, at a company, Redpoint. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I worked for them for about six months. Um, I could not fall. I, I couldn't get into the groove there for mm-hmm. some reason. I just, I did not fit in. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, then like Aiken Gardner called and say, hey, you're ready to start. Yeah. Did you start as a foreman or superintendent there? I came in as a superintendent. Okay. I kind of down, I, I it's funny. I just had this conversation with Mike the other day. I downplayed it. It's like, you know, I'll come in. Let me, let me learn what you guys, how you do things. And I'm not going to come in and reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. to see what your, you know, how your processes are. And, uh, no, no, you know, so I, like, I can come in as a foreman if you want, you know, I don't, you know, I should. No, no, come in as a superintendent. And yeah. So I did that. I was superintendent there for four years, uh, and then I was able to. I went into the project management for three. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, project manager, I was working for on all our all the jobs I kind of worked on. Again, specialty times jobs, the slip lining. Uh, we do some. We do uh, PCCP mm-hmm. water line assessment for City of Phoenix. So I did that. Like I said, the slip line stuff. Uh, small valve replacement, large valve replacement JOCs for the city of Phoenix. Um, the project manager I was working with at the time that on all of those projects was going to go do something else. So felt I felt it right, and I was waffling on it that well, I'm doing most of this stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll just, you know, I'll throw my hat in for project manager for these projects and kind of go from there. So that was about, uh, I did that for three years up until actually up until January of last year. Um, and then I, they offered me the position for safety manager. So I'm the safety manager. You're the first. safety manager now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yep. Wow. wow. Full circle, baby. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, can you explain, go back to slip lining. Can you explain the slip lining process? Because it's pretty cool. So as far as, uh, so we're talking old PCC pipe, yeah. PCC, PCP pipe, um, built back in the, 70s or so, mm-hmm. uh, wire reinforced. Some of it, it's like a pre-stress pipe. Yeah, it's aged. It's got you know, it, it's some of it's working beyond its uh, capabilities as far as pressures. Um, whenever it fails, it's always a catastrophic failure. Mm-hmm. So they go and inspect it for wire breaks. Um, put it on a list if it if it's bad or if it's you know needs you can't replace it, right? So then we go in with steel can't steel welded steel pipe. And slip line it, put new pipe in that hose pipe. Mm-hmm. Pretty much uh, 
maybe an inch or so, two inches, three inches smaller, grout the annular space, line it, weld it up. That's your new water line. Yeah, you're basically using the old pipe as the the area for the new pipe. Correct. Yeah, it's the conduit. It's uh-huh. the the home run or the, the host pipe. And then once we put our new the new pipe, the new steel pipe in, you know, that's not even a structural component anymore. Sure. Um, and we've got uh, special carts that made up that that take this pipe down. You know, we so we get you know once we I guess we skipped a little bit. We got to open it up. You got to uh-huh. open this pipe up. You got to yeah. cut it open. Um, create you new know, slide rail pit. You access it and then uh, put the steel cans in, and then we have carts, motorized carts, battery-operated carts that take the pipe down the, you know, down the hose pipe, mm-hmm. and it's bell spigot, boom, fit it up, uh, you know, weld it, and then on to the next one. But it's basically so you dig your you dig your portals, you know, how far how far is the spacing? Do you think it, it all depends, depends on? Uh, yeah, it depends on. On bends in the pipe, you don't want to navigate those. Yeah. And look, you know, and again, this pipe was put in before the neighborhoods were. So it's it's you're in the uh, neighborhood. Um, so you know, we want to go you know thousand feet, twelve hundred. But the the benefit is, yeah, you don't have to tear everything up. Correct. Yeah, you, you can't, can't you can't replace it. It's just not yeah, it's feasible. just not feasible. Yeah, right? yeah. And this is so this is big. It's nearly a hundred inch. Yeah, it's some, nine, some of it. I guess yeah, it so some they've done 108, I think, uh, but most of the stuff we've done um, is 96 inch to 60 inch stuff. It's fascinating. I mean, it's a it's a lot of welding. I remember. Absolutely. So I went I went to the one that you guys were doing, Kiwit. I think you were. You yeah. Were, so Ki- yeah, up to that point. Yeah, Kiwit was. Uh, Kiwit did the lining. We were the general on it, so we did the pits. We. Us and Kiwit flip back and forth on who, yes. who's playing boss on the job. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they they were doing they they were doing the actual pipe. Yeah. So they I I remember uh, they had like these little carts, mm-hmm. and it, you you know you're you're a ways down there, hundreds of feet down there. Yeah. So you put you basically like just slide down there on your belly mm-hmm. all the way down the pipe, and then you get to where they're they're welding it, and you have to weld it all the way around. Yes. The whole circumference, and then you have to weld it. All the way down the pipe, at least the stuff. I Correct. Was, yeah. So you're talking the split can. Those are split yeah, yeah, cans. Yeah. Split yeah, can. yeah. Yeah. So split cans are. Uh, we use those if you want. If the OD, the new, you want to make it as tight as possible, mm-hmm. and the, and to navigate bends, split can. Mm. Um, they're a pain in the butt because then you split can and it, then it's not lined. Then you got to go in and line the the steel af- pipe afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. So you got cement cord, uh, cement mortar line it. Wow. Which is a, that's a task in itself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of welding going on with that. Um, We've had a couple, we've done a couple, or Kiewit's done a couple, us, we, Aiken Gardner ourselves not performed uh, the split can stuff. We've, uh, we've done, uh, it was about a mile of 60 inch, or I guess it was 58 with the can size. Mm. Um, That was a solid, solid pipe. And that comes pre- pre-lined except for the joints so that makes it the process uh, a lot easier so then you're just welding the joints and then you wipe them you know grout wipe them sure and then on to the next one but it's still a lot of it's still a lot of work well i i find all this so fascinating because this it's it's this is where the united states is going you yeah. have all this infrastructure yeah it's getting old absolutely a, a lot of it's well past its design life mm-hmm. well past yeah and you have to go create creative ways to go rebuild this critical infrastructure yes without destroying everything in the process yeah. yeah so yeah so you know absolutely that's a you know and i people don't just don't understand that Mm-mm. um in my opinion so you know smaller diameter pipe that's that you know 
you can, there's a, there's a liners out there, you know, sewer liners, they, you know, the cure in place, the, uh, the UV cure that we do in Tucson, or they do the steam cure. Mm-hmm. However, uh, water lines, the smaller diameter water lines, there's some, there's a product out there called, uh, Primus, Primus, Primus liner, I think it is, or Primus liner. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to use that more as, is, you know, the mid diameter stuff. Mm. And then large diameter is again, uh, steel liner right now, but they are looking at different, different coatings, uh, different spray applications to, uh, you know, to start, you know, as again, any, anything, you know, you want to move forward. Right. Sure. Um, so yeah. And it, again, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's going to move on, but you're right. You know, the infrastructure, we have to start looking at it or somebody has to start looking at it to make a difference. Well, and that, that Val Vista line, that's one of the main water lines for the entirety of Phoenix. Absolutely. Yeah. It starts out, it's 108 coming out of the plant. Yeah. And yeah, goes to 96. It's 14 miles. Of, 100, 108 under pressure. No, it's gravity. Oh, is so, it gravity? Yeah. It's not, uh, it, it, it's under pressure, so to speak, but it's head pressure. That's not a pressurized pressure. system uh, until it gets to a, a, a booster pump station and then it starts getting pumped out under pressure. Gotcha. Yeah. That's still, it's still, it's still a a lot lot of water. Yeah. It's still a lot of water. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I think, uh, I forget the, I think it was in 2006 when the, the first line broke that actually drew Phoenix's attention to the, to this PCCP problem. Mm -hmm. Um, it was over by 36th street or something and yeah, it burst and it, you know, it washed, it washed a, a small, it's washed a garage away, you know, it just, you know, and if you start Googling it, you can see this stuff. Like I said, when, when. This stuff fails, you know, the word catastrophic yeah. is attached to it. Yeah. You don't just run out there with a wrench, a pipe yeah, wrench. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Start turning off. Uh, yeah. You only got 4,000 turns on that valve, right? Yeah. So. Um, so in, in a lot of work, a lot of the work Aiken does is uh, like CMAR and his replacement. I've seen you guys doing a lot of waterline replacement. Yes. Yep. A lot of waterline. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically Phoenix evaluating the integrity of their water lines. Yeah. Yep. And replacing it. Replacing it. Yep. Just got to replace it. Valves, replace valves. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's, that's a lot of stuff we do. What's the design life on a typical water line? Well, they say 50 years. 50. But a lot of this stuff's pretty old. You know, you go in and soil conditions and everything. Um, I have one job I did. I first started out here. We put some water line in. I think I dug up some of the, uh, a valve like six months later. Looked like it'd been there for 10 years. Wow. Was just the rust, the corrosion. Really? Because the, whatever the soil, whatever was in the soil there, it wasn't bagged. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It was like, Phew, look at that. That's the, that's one of the annoying things about putting water line in the ground in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the specs are in a lot of other places, but yeah, you have to put plastic bag around everything. Plastic. Like basically a garbage bag. Yeah. Like yeah. heavy duty I'm, garbage. Bag. Yeah. Yeah. 10 mil or so. Oh, yeah. You wrap it and tape it up and do your best. And then, you know, my, when I was younger, it's like, I'll just put plastic pipe in, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm not an engineer. I don't get why, why they do what they do, uh-huh. you know? So. Well, that's, that's what I always thought. It's like, is, can't, can't they just put a coating on the damn pipe? Right. Like, why, why do we have to wrap it in plastic? This yeah. sucks. Put in C900. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does the same thing. Right. I think so. But I, like I said, I don't know. I know. I know. So. I, I went through engineering school, but I don't know anything yeah. about engineering. <laughs> um, so you took over the safety manager position. That's a transition. To, I mean, that's 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 different. It is different. It, it, yes, it is different. Um, I guess in a good way. I feel I, I can make full circle. 
with people because I've, I've been out there and I've mm. worked in the field and I know what they're up against. Mm. Um, I, you know, I listen to some of these lifetime safety and not, I'll probably get myself in trouble here. Yeah, yeah. Well, these lifetime safety guys that have blinders on and they're by the book and not everything's by the book. Uh-huh. It can't be by the book. You, you know, you want to be safe and you want to do what you can do, but it's not always cut and dry. Sure. And I think I can, br- I bring that to the, to the, to the position. Um, I've, I've, I've liked it so far. I, I, I've really got it. I, since I've been there, um, or since I took it over, not took it over, but was given the, the position, you know, I got my, I'm, uh, Trained, I went to NUCA and got my train the trainer in confined oh, cool. space, competent person, huh. um, CPR first aid, uh, AD certified trainer. So I'm, you know, I'm putting together the training for Aiken Gardner. Um, it's it, like I said, I think it's full circle for me. I can help these younger, not younger, these newer guys out. And hey, man, you're not just hearing it from somebody who read it in the book. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've been down in the ditch. I know what you're up against. I yeah. know what you got to do. You know, so. I, I kind of bring that. I, I bring that to the you know to the position. Well, you you understand it from a lot of different angles. You understand it from an installation standpoint. You understand it from a, a production and mm-hmm. dollar standpoint. Yeah, being in the super PM role. Yeah, and then now the safety standpoint. So you can you can really it's the yeah, whole picture. Right. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. That does. I I can bring a lot to it. Yeah. I see a lot of it. That's interesting. Yeah. So what is what is a safety? What does someone in safety do? I think a lot of people wonder like what is. What do you do day to day? Day to day. So I've got to, so, you know, we, the simple stuff is we PPE. We do, mm-hmm. I have a, a a guy that works for me or works with me. Um, you know, we do inspections on the job and, you know, I got some superintendents that come out to me and, you know, Hey, how do you think we should shore this? How do you think mm-hmm. we should go about this? So I can help not all, you know, put my two cents in on how I would think we would do it. Um, training, you know, training is a big thing for me right now. I'm still trying to get my, get my, uh, traction on that to get everybody trained up because of COVID. COVID threw everything off. So I got guys behind on a lot of training. Mm. Um, so Because you, know, you couldn't train. During couldn't that. train face-to-face, you know, and it's yeah. it's hard to do CPR, first aid or whatever mm-hmm. via, you know, WebEx. So um, I do that. I deal with a lot. I deal with all the insurance claims, auto, workman's comp, that type of stuff, mm-hmm. which is all new to me. That's all new ground. I'm like, yeah. I thought dealing with engineers was a pain in the butt yeah. until you started dealing with insurance people. Yeah. But it's a different type of frustration. But it's fun. I, I like it. I like it a lot. So that's what we do. You know, just making sure I, you know, I, I put out a, I I just do job visits and talk with the guys and make sure they're, you know, everybody's doing. And we do. The one thing I, about Aiken, uh, you know, they had a great safety culture prior to me stepping in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the guy before me, Cesar Martinez. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Caesar. that's who you. That's who you replaced. Yeah. yeah well, he, he left. He left a couple of years ago, and yeah. then we had a guy in between. But you know, Caesar really took this the, the safety at Aiken and built it up. Yeah. So we have a very strong safety culture. So, you know, other guys might say one thing. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to. I, I keep it afloat, mm-hmm. keep it moving the way it is, and I want to gain. You know, make it better what I can. But I'm not going to reinvent the wheel because everything's in place, and these guys. You know, you don't have to tell them. They're doing their JHAs. And you know what? And they might not write it down or might, they might be a little bit lax on the documentation. But when you go out in the mornings and watch it, um, when I'm there, it's like I watch the guys and it's nothing new to them, mm-hmm. right? They know what's got to happen. It's not like, oh, shit, the safety guy's here. Mm-hmm. What do we, you know, we got to pay attention. It's, yeah. it's, all, it's a great culture. Yeah. So. Yeah, companies where everybody gets nervous when the safety guy's there. Yeah. You, you got to watch that. out for those. Yeah. yeah. You know, you don't want that. I'm not here to. Uh, and they know that, I think they know that, 
No, every every time I've been around Aiken, from a safety standpoint, buttoned up. And yeah. and safety is a big deal when it comes to underground because yep. you can get yourself in trouble real quick. Yeah, yeah, you can go sideways real quick. Uh huh. So yeah, it's it's always been buttoned up. And then I'm the Rummel thing is is exciting because Rummel is from a safety standpoint. Um, I think one of the best companies I've ever seen from a safety standpoint. Really? Okay. It, it's a it's unbelievable. I was just out there last week, mm-hmm. and it's like every every uh, safety meeting before work. Every single time I've been outside, you go to the safety meeting. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are these guys taking so long? And then you actually go listen to the conversation, and it's like a conversation. Right. They're they're really getting into it and talking through things, and it it actually it makes sense. It's you helpful. Get, they're getting engagement. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, it's not just some guy reading off the paper that all, the office right. sent out. It, yeah. it, it actually means something. It's like, wow, this is actually quite rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's always impressed me yeah. too, which is exciting. Yeah, that'll be yeah, that'll be exciting new stuff for for everybody out there. Yeah. Um, when when you find something that's not up to par from a safety standpoint, mm-hmm. how do you approach that? I'll take the super out, depending on what it is. Um, I'll either talk to the people that are doing it, doing whatever it is, and tell them, yeah, you know, what the fuck you doing, <laughs> right? You know, I'm not going to write you up. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to slap you or and like, what are you doing? You know better. Yeah. What, you know, what the hell? And then, you know, hey, now I'll take a superintendent. Hey, you know what? I saw this, this, you know, you need to get another shore in there. Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. Just, you know, you know, then I'll not joke about this. It. Like, you know better, mm-hmm. you know, and then it doesn't happen again. That that is the thing. You do kind of know, you do know better. Yeah. Most most people out there. Yeah, absolutely. There there is that initial training. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when I was out on that on on the Forty Fourth Street job, I would see the guys walk across the top of the pipe mm-hmm. to go hand something down to the in in into the hole. Mm-hmm. But you would you'd be walking on a place where it wasn't short, right? <clears throat> and and. You you corrected that and 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 but I was the one that got caught for it because I went down there yeah. and I was like, well, they're doing it, right? And yeah. I, you know, you're just like a puppy dog at that point. Right, you just yeah. follow right. whatever That's everybody funny. else is doing. Yeah. And then and then you're like, hey, what what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, you can't do that. That's right. not that's not safe. Right. Uh, Actually, I kind of remember that. Yeah. 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 Was, uh, I, I remember because that was one of the first times I was like, oh wow, oh so this safety thing's a big deal. Right. I don't know no, and I like I said, I think you know, speaking with Aiken Gardner, I, I always I, we're not a one hundred and one company, right? I, you know, our guys our guys have years under their belts, mm-hmm. and and they do know better. And um, you know, when I if and it's very seldom with them that I that anything gets really drawn. Like, you know, there's nothing like a full stop type deal. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know what, your shores maybe need to be a little bit tighter. You need fin boards on that one. And granted, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I get it with the utilities, but, you know, let's see what we can do. And then that's where it comes. So let's have a conversation about how we can do this maybe a little bit better, or how I maybe look at it from when I used to do it, right? So. Is the the culture factor any, does that change anything? Because in, in Arizona, largely Hispanic, most of, like a lot of the guys I worked with, Mexican guys. Mm-hmm fantastic is there is that ever an issue I don't, no. is it just i don't think no so. factor i don't think so yeah i don't think so they all i mean everybody wants to go home at the end of the day everybody yeah. wants to be safe and you know and we we enforce or we empower and enforce everybody they you know, we don't think it's right don't do it yeah. you know if we need to have a conversation about but that never comes up that it's like hey this you know hey so and so wants to get me into something that it's never happened mm-hmm. everybody knows we and we 
We supply them with everything they needed. And, and it's funny, you, you know, some companies to get, you know, to get any type of shoring or protective systems or anything, like, go get it. Mm-hmm. You can get it. Nobody's going to question it. Where I actually, I was on a job not too long ago. We had a sub there and I, and I actually, you know, hey man, you need to do short, you know, you don't need to get a box or whatever. I forget what it was. All right. Well, I have to get with the office. And now I'm like, just order one. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to order it for you? And I'll, re- you know, you can reimburse me. Why do you have to go through all these channels? Just go get it, you know, order it up. You shouldn't yeah. have to go to the project manager or to the estimator or whoever to get shoring systems or a protective system, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you need it, get it. That is crazy. It is. Yeah. And it happens. And I, I didn't, I guess I wasn't, I didn't realize like that happened. I, you know, I'm kind of in my own little world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, why do you have to ask for that? If you need a ladder, go get a ladder. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need whatever you need, go get it. If it's protect, it's going to protect the guys, get it. Yeah. You know. Can you explain the employee ownership aspect of Aiken and now that with Emory Sat? Because that's, that's a, I think that's a pretty big deal. It is. I don't, you know what? I wish I could. I don't know too much about it. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. We're employee owned. Emory Sap is the host company. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, we each get shares. Each shares at the end of the year based on on profit and years and I think wage, mm. uh, but really I am not the guy to ask about that. Yeah. Uh, when I came, you know, like I said, I'm in my fifties. Yeah. Um, I'll get something out of it. I'm sure it's going to work out all right for me. Yeah. You know, but you know, it's younger guys that that coming in. I think that's you know, if you're not in the union or something like that, you got a real good pension. This is the way to go from what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, unfortunately, no, I don't have a lot of information on that. I don't, does I kind of roll with it. <laughs> well, does it change the culture of the company? It did not. Um, not from what I saw. I don't know what happened, if anything happened up up above, but like from my level, and I was a superintendent mm-hmm. when it, when it happened, um, there was no change for anybody. They didn't, we just went around upon business as usual. So. I think that's where Emory's at. They're pretty savvy. Yeah. Because it's like, Aiken, you guys had a good thing going. Right. They're yeah, not, they're not, they're not buying you to come change. Any, right. They're not going to, you know, tip over the apple cart. Yeah. It's like, why, why, or, you know, hey man, they're profitable. They run, you know, it's a tight ship. Why would we, why would we want to change anything? Up to this point, I haven't seen anything at my level or below. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about getting younger people into the industry? How, I mean, how's that working at Aiken? It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, it's a tough business. Uh, I've seen guys come and, and go, you know, working out in the summertime in that heat. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's rough. It's rough. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, um, not everybody's going to sit on a machine with air conditioning and, you know, and this and that. You're going to be out there on the ground doing it. And it's a, I don't know how to make it better or how to make it more enticing. Um, you know, I've been in the business for probably 32 years. Worked, like I said, in Wisconsin in the brutal cold. And I worked, worked in Arizona in the mm-hmm. rural heat. Um, mm-hmm. I made it. So uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That would be a, something I would have to think about um, and ponder about and really have a, a you know, cause I know it's, it's crossed my mind a few times on how to, how to make it better. You know, wages are good. I make a good living. Mm. I've always made a good living. My, mm-hmm. you know, even as a pipe layer or whatever. You know, I have two kids. My wife stayed at home with them. You know, had a house, cars. I, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know. That's a good, very good question. I, you know, when you figure it out, you know, be making a million dollars by bringing younger people in. I, you know, um, everybody thinks they got to go to college and get educated or do whatever, but you know, there's nothing wrong with working your way up. Yeah. You know, um, well, you've, yeah, your, your path's pretty interesting because you started out in the ditch, mm-hmm. in the trench with a shovel, essentially as a pipe player. Yeah. Then you go up, you start running equipment, then you're managing work, mm-hmm. then you're now managing multiple jobs, yep. you know, at the higher level. And then you go into project management, Yeah. That, that next level. And then now you're in safety, which is, I mean, you've, you've covered the full spectrum. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I, like I said, I think it made full, good full circle. I think I can close my career out uh, being a safety guy and helping helping younger people out or anybody that I can. Um, yeah, but to get them get them interested and get them through that, I think it's just like anything: getting through that first year or two mm-hmm. and not giving up, mm-hmm. and and not like oh, this sucks. I can go do something else, you know. But it's a career; it's what you want. It, you want to be able to want to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know why I stuck with it like I did, but that that is the thing. It's not, especially working summer in Arizona, not every day is a cup of tea. Absolutely but, not. By any means. Yeah. But it's the big, you have to keep the bigger picture in mind. Yeah. Like, here's the direction I'm going in. We had a job this year that whether we had a, a, mons, a microburst hit and jacked the job up. Oh. And our guy, it was on a, a time frame. And we had crews out there. They were working 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. And talk about, you know, stick to itness and not, you're not giving up, you know. And these guys, they were drag ass tired and, mm-hmm. and just, but they just kept going and got it done, you know, because, you know, it's going to get, it's going to get better. Yeah. You know, it sucks now, but it'll get better. And I think that's, it's like, you just got to want to do it. And, you know, and if you do, then, yeah, you know, there's, there's room to move up through a company or through, through the business, you know, um, by starting out at the bottom and, you know, they, most companies want to promote within, mm-hmm. they don't want to bring somebody new in. They have to re- relearn or teach their culture yeah. or go through all that. It's like, we want to move up through, you know, within the company. So, well, in a job like that, that's all jacked up like that. It's, uh, it sucks in the moment, but then those are the jobs you talk about Correct. for years those and years are the stories. And years after. Right. Those are yeah. the stories. Yeah. Those are the ones you're real proud of. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. But we're we're so fixated on just trying to make life more and more and more comfortable. Yeah. That people just don't like to do that kind of stuff. Right. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable it's at uncomfortable. the time. And it's a, yeah. But it, like you said, yeah, it is. It's like, and I, I remember talking with a couple of people. It's like, you know what? And it's just like going through a neighborhood, right? The people being bitching. It's like, you know what? In six months, you're going to forget that we were even here, mm-hmm. right? We're going to be gone. Yeah. And same with that job. Hey, in three weeks, four weeks, we're done. You know what? It'll be good. You're going to have another one probably, but that one will be good. You did it. You know, it's passed. Move on to the next one. And then it's like, oh, hey, having a beer and thinking, about, hey, remember that? Oh, mm-hmm. bullshit that was with all the hours we worked? Yeah. Seven days a week. That's, yeah. You and know, you're laughing about it. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny at that point. Right. Yeah. You just water under the bridge now, uh-huh. you know, onto the next one. So. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's a cool industry because there is that variety. You're outside. It's challenging. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, they just, they go to the same office, do the same thing. Yeah. Every single day of the week. Right. And it is, it's, you know, it's every day is a challenge. Every day is a new day. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not repetitive. Mm-hmm. Some, and in some senses it is, yeah, I guess, sometimes. but there's always a new challenge. It always keeps you thinking. You can't just, you can't be, uh, you just can't let your guard down. You can't just be on 
you know, and cruise control, mm-hmm. really, because there's always something that's going to could happen. They need to be prepared for, you know, don't be content mm-hmm. and just, you know, it, it keeps you, you know. You know, it's almost like a, I guess for me, it was always kind of always kept my adrenaline going. Mm-hmm. I was always like, and my wife would probably disagree, but, um, you know, up at, still up at night thinking about stuff. It's like waking up at one o'clock. Oh, I forgot. Or, oh, hey, I could do it this way. You know, God knows why it came to me at one o'clock in the morning, but uh-huh. it does, you know, and it, I don't know. Maybe that's not for everybody. <laughs> well, and that's, I think that's the cool thing about underground work. There is added complexity to trying to get something to navigate underground under yeah. city street with other utilities traffic different types Everything. of material and there's so un, there's so many unknowns yeah you know right now the you know the underground utility stuff the you know the cocks or the the phone lines the gas line you know they don't even know what's in there mm-hmm. you know oh maybe it is maybe it's live maybe it's not uh, i don't know so you're dealing with that you're dealing with traffic you're dealing with you know people who might not show up you're, you know it's a, just a you know it's never ending yeah. And you got to be able to navigate it. Is your safety role uh, more stressful or less stressful? I'd say managing work? less. Less stressful. Less at this time, at this point. Again, because it's such a good safety culture. Yeah. You know, I, I, if I was at something where I had to bring it up from zero or, you know, a shit show to, you know, that would, that would be a different answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, uh, yeah, less stressful. Um, absolutely less stressful. Mm. So interesting. Well, I'm glad you're able to come in because this, I mean, my, my whole career started with your job site. That is so funny. Street. Yeah. I did not make this, I did not make this connection at all. Yeah. Here, and here we are. <laughs> here we are. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed I'd be here, but yeah. I, yeah. I, like I said, I think, yeah. Then I, we, I remember running into you a year or so after that job and. Uh, yeah. I was still in college. Yeah. Yep. I, I, that was, I, we were, would you say you were at Keywood, I think, at that time, or you were looking? I don't remember. Either at Keywood or about to be at Keywood. About, about to be. I think it, yeah. And I can't remember where I, where it was, but I remember running into you. Um, but, yeah, that's crazy. I'm pretty sure it was the the one of the, the big slip line job where they were doing the, yeah, split, the split cans. Yeah. That, that must have been. Where the, you I know was. what? I think you're right. It yeah. was. I think you're right. I think it was actually, I think it was 16B and I just, it was one of the, yeah, one of the first ones I was on also. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, do you remember Dave Corey? Dave Corey. Yes. Yeah. He was, I think he was the one that got me in on that. Okay. Job. Yep. Yeah. Dave Corey and Dave Markert. Uh-huh. Uh, Dave Marker was superintendent. They're both over at Wilson engineer now. Oh, no kidding. Yep. They, they took a total different route. Yeah. That's well, I, <laughs> I, cause I'd met him while I was working cause I was at Skanska mm-hmm. and he was there and then Skanska shuts down their civil operations just overnight right. essentially in Arizona, Colorado. So then I go to Kiwit, but then I tell Kiwit I don't want to stay in Arizona. I cuz I did two summers Pearson, Markham mm-hmm. on pipe crews. Then I went to the railroad, Southern California just in 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 by Glamis. Yeah. So you're just in the middle of nowhere. Right. Desert. And I told Kiwit I don't want to work for Southwest. Yeah. I want to work for Northwest. Right. So that I specifically applied for Northwest mm-hmm. and said I'm not going to stay in Phoenix. Yeah. That's funny. I remember putting you in the truck with heat heat exhaustion. Yeah, Pearson. yeah, yeah. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I just I just didn't know what I, what the hell I was doing. I mean, it was no, it's good. Everybody, it's it's just it's a it's a cra- this is a crazy uh, chain of event that's led to this right now. Yeah, it's funny. But so. I, I and I, I yeah, because I, I, my my dad at the time was living in Paradise Valley, so mm-hmm. he was you know five minutes up the road, and he's done well for himself, but. 
I would keep it super low key. Yeah. Because I'd be going, I'd, I'd be staying with my dad. It's like, I don't, I don't have any control over it. Like, yeah, it's a nice house and <laughs> right. it's a nice area and, yeah. and this and that. But then I'd, I'd and I show up in a, a nicer car. It was still a used Toyota, mm-hmm. but it, you know, the guys would give me shit for it. Right. And, oh yeah. You know, you're, you must be rich <laughs> yeah. and this and that, yeah. but I'd keep it so low key. Right. I didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. I just wanted to be one of the guys. Yeah. I just wanted to work. Yep. I just want to be a construction worker. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, I, yeah, I remember the razzin you took. Oh, oh, so Rich got you here and yeah, uh, this and yeah. that. Yeah. And then if that were to let loose, oh God, who knows what I have. I know. Well, it'd be, it, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Just this little white kid. Yeah. That's fine. Doesn't know shit. That's hilarious. But stuck with it. Yeah. And then got another year with Markham out on the pipe crew with them too. Yeah. Nice. Oh, and you put me in the backhoe. I got to, because I remember I bugged, there was that backhoe in the yard. There was a dirt pile. Okay. That was the first time I'd ever run a backhoe. Oh. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that exactly, but yeah. Yeah. I know well, we had that yard there. And, well, I yeah. asked you and, and I moved the dirt back and forth in just mm-hmm. one little pile. And then uh, it was you or somebody else asked me to take the backhoe from the yard to the work area mm-hmm. up on 44th Street. I thought, I, I was like, this is crazy. I'm running a backhoe right, right. now. I'm driving it through the neighborhood, mm-hmm. driving it down Camelback. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I think I stole some pictures from it. Really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right, Eric. Well... Thanks for stopping by. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. It's great. <laughs>